from American Falls to Malad. We've got the biggest stories in District 5 covered. This is the Southeast Idaho PrepCast with Jordan K. That's right. Welcome into another edition of the Southeast Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Brandon Bainey joined once again by Jordan K. from the Idaho State Journal in Pocatello. Jordan, what's up? Not much. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, the Southeast Idaho PrepCast is brought to you by Pure Adrenaline Motorsports, your source for pulse pounding adrenaline sports apparel and accessories that ensure you have what you need to unleash your inner beast. Uh, it is uh, beast mode time for you, Jordan, because yes. we are r- right in the heart of all this crazy fall sports stuff going on. Uh, and you've been busy at the ISJ. Yeah, only a couple more weeks, though. So the, the light is at the end of the tunnel. For sure. So the big story last week, of course, was state soccer. I know District 5 had a lot of teams, Highland, Pocatello, American Falls, Marsh Valley, that were all over there competing. Nobody came home with a state trophy, but some nice performances nonetheless. Yeah, American Falls, I think, was actually the only local team that had a trophy. They got the consolation championship in uh, 3A, actually won that on penalty kicks late. So that was kind of an impressive Fun way to end your season. Uh, the two big surprising ones, though, were uh, Marsh Valley lost. Marsh Valley girls lost in the first round. They had only lost like one game all season. They were ranked pretty highly. But as we mentioned last week, they had a really tough road through state. And so that was just uh, kind of one of those unfortunate um, just spots on the bracket. Then the other one was Highland, which entered the state tournament 16 and 0 had a goal differential of like 89 to 7. They win their first game pretty handily against a Thunder Ridge team that they actually had to beat in the district championship and then lose the next day on Friday and lose again in the third place game on Saturday. Um kind of tough conditions from everything I heard that you know a lot of wind and rain and the ball was out of bounds and you know, you're playing against these Boise teams who you haven't seen all year, and that just makes things so much tougher and more unpredictable. But, you know, nonetheless, what an unreal season they had. Um, 17 and 2 is, you know, pretty, pretty incredible. Yeah, they, they fell to the eventual state champs, Lake City, uh, yeah. in the semifinals. This is kind of, this tells you how, um, how, Soccer can swing more so than other sports like volleyball or football, right? Upsets really happen a lot in soccer. It seems yeah. like Lake City came into state as the number four seed. They beat Highland in the semis, one nothing. They beat Boise in the championship, one nothing. And that's good enough to get them the title. Yeah, it's a, kind of one of those things you see a lot more um, in the championship matches, you know, semifinals, finals is real low scoring games. And I think what happens is whoever scores the first goal starts playing really conservatively and they're like, let's just see how long we can hold on to this lead. Sometimes they got to hold on to it for, you know, 50, 60 minutes and they try and do that. I mean, I remember last year Preston was in the 4A state title game, scored in the first 20 minutes and like, we're just playing real defensive the entire time. They're like, you know, it's raining, it's cold outside. Let's just put guy, you know, girls back there and let's just limit a goal. And you can do that sometimes in soccer. It's, you know, a little more strategic than other sports. And you see some odd results as a you know result. Yeah. And then at the opposite end is volleyball where there, there's nowhere to hide. Like you have to make the plays if you want to pull out the match. Right. Yeah. No, no uh, time on volleyball. 
That's right. Well, speaking of volleyball, state volleyball happening this week, it's all going to be taking place up north uh, in Coeur d'Alene and, and Lewiston, uh, which is nice to see the the schools up north get to host uh, an event uh, as well. So volleyball is all going to be headed up there. Uh, District 5 has representation at five of the six levels, and we'll just kind of work our way from the top down. Let's start with the 4A bracket. Now, if you're watching the video of this on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel or our Facebook page, you're going to see the brackets as we put them up on the screen. If you're listening uh, on IdahoSports.com or listening wherever you download your podcasts, try to follow along. You can get these state tournament brackets on our website, IdahoSports.com, and we will be updating those brackets as well as match results become final. So keep checking back throughout state volleyball for all the latest info there. So here's the 4A bracket. The 4A tournament is going to take place at Post Falls High School, and this will be uh, interesting. Century comes in as the district champs from District 5. They are the number six seed overall based on the max preps rankings. They will have to play third-seeded Twin Falls right off the bat. Yeah, this is kind of you know what a lot of people around Pocatello are used to from Century. This is the perennial power. This is the, you know, the the highland of volleyball as it, as it was where, you know, people were trying to kind of clamoring to go to century if they were volleyball players, because this is such a good program. And, you know, Bree Robinson who runs uh century volleyball, you know, they had a down year the last couple of years and last season, they were super young, had Presley Merrill a senior kind of playing everywhere and just doing so much stuff. But you've started to see the benefits of playing young girls early. And this season is kind of a testament to that. You've got Addie Butler on the uh, outside, and she's just a fantastic hitter uh, as a junior. And this is a, a century team where I think can make some noise in the uh, the state tournament, especially because, you know, they were playing good Preston and, Poca- you know, a, a good Pocatello team and some other good 4A competition all season. Yeah, I mean, if you look at this bracket, right, I see uh, Century playing Twin Falls. They uh, they actually won their district. They they uh, knocked off Wood River, who is actually the number one overall seed. Wow. Um, so so Twin Falls is a good team, but I do like uh, this this setup of the bracket. I'd much rather, if I'm Century, I'd much rather be on the side with Twin Falls and Bonneville potentially, right, than yeah. than Wood River up top. But sure. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the Diamondbacks can do there. As you said, a program that's no stranger at state, no stranger to success, right? Before Coach Robinson, uh, yeah. Pauline Theros was yeah. the head coach. She's now the athletic director at Idaho State University. So yeah. um, it'll be interesting to see how Century competes at that at that 4A state tournament. Yep. Uh, if we take a look at the 3A bracket up next, uh, we have uh, Snake River, the number eight seed. Tough, tough matchup right out of the gates. Number one, Sugar Salem, undefeated, 35-0. and 0. I think the Diggers have only dropped like three or four sets all season, <laughs> like sets. So, like, this yeah. is a tough, tough matchup. I know. I looked at the bracket, and you just kind of gulp a little bit because, you know, that District 5 and 3A, that's just three great programs who all most seasons just beat up on each other. They do it in a lot of sports, actually, you know. Um, but yeah, this time, sometimes when you beat up on each other, you're, you know, ranking your seating in state isn't the best. And man, it just seems like it, when you look at this bracket, it's like, you know, whoever's getting a trophy is whoever plays Sugar Salem the latest. And you don't want to do it first. You, the diggers were up at the Peg Peterson Invitational in Pocatello playing in the gold bracket, which was against 5A, 4A competition. And won it, yeah, without – they dropped like two sets or 
I don't even know if they dropped two sets in the whole thing. I mean, they beat Highland and, you know, other really impressive programs. So um, I think they're the heavy favorite, but, you know, Snake River, hopefully, you know, we'll see if they can make a little bit of a run or, you know, maybe get a consolation trophy out of it. Yeah, Sugar Salem ran roughshod over everybody last year to to win state, and they yeah. only lost one player off of that team. So yeah. pretty much everybody's back, which is uh, tough news for Snake River, but a chance to bounce back uh, through the consolation bracket yeah. on the other side. And we should mention the 3A tournament is going to be at Lake City High School in Coeur d'Alene. If we move on to the 2A bracket, here is where I think Idaho uh, and, and District 5, that's not the right one, uh, how about how about this? The 2A. There we go. Uh, <laughs> this is where I think Southeast Idaho really has the best chance to, to bring home a, a state title. Right. Last year, you had Westside and Bear Lake playing in the championship matchup. Bear Lake just missed out on on state this year, fell to Nampa Christian in the play in match. But Westside comes in as the number one overall seed and the favorite. Yeah, and that's no surprise, though, you know, from last year's team, the the Pirates lost um, a senior opposite, uh, Kasia Fuller, who is one of the best players in the area. They lost their senior middle, Emma Mariscal, but her sister, Jessie, was an outside who was the best hitter last season for Westside. They also have a libero who's now a senior, Madeline Barzi. So, I mean, the Pirates, they're no strangers to the state tournament. They've got the experience. They lost a little bit from last year's team, but, man, they're still loaded with talent. So you have to think that they're the favorite to win 2A. Yeah, Westside will start with the eighth-seeded Declo Hornets. Um, they're on the same side of the bracket as Orofino, the four seed, and Coal Valley Christian, the five seed. I do think Orofino could be sneaky only because – uh, nobody really knows. They they only play the teams up north, and so they're, they're a bit of an unknown, but I do like Orofino a little bit. But Westside, I think, is in a pretty good spot there at the top of the bracket as the number one. And won't Orofino have a shorter drive, too? Oh, much, much shorter, yeah. yeah. Or, Orofino, too. This, this tournament is at Lakeland High School in Rathrum, right? So, yeah, yeah or, Orofino to, to Rathrum is only a couple hours. So cool. Westside, Westside might have the longest trip of anybody to go up there, right? Yeah, it's got to be what ten hours. Yeah, all the way, all the way in the bottom southeast corner of the state. So, nice. uh, but but the Pirates, of course, as you said, just a championship pedigree type program. So, yeah. uh, if we move to the one A D one bracket, this is taking place in Lewiston at Lewis and Clark State College, LC State. Uh, if we look here, we'll see Grace, the number six seed, having to play third seeded Murtaugh. I'll be honest, it's been tough for me to get a handle on Grace this year, Jordan. What do you know about this team? I know it was hard to get a handle on them last year, and they won state. Uh, this is a team last season that was you know, really up and down and started the season a little rough, and then somehow they just know how to you know peak at the right time and right around state. And so, you know, they're kind of, you know, as we mentioned, teams being no stranger to state. Grace is no stranger to entering state with people not really knowing who they are. The good thing is from last season's team, um, you know, the Grizzlies returned probably their two best players from a team that won state last year. And, uh, Kylie Hulse is a junior outside who was the district player of the year last season. Then you've got a junior libero who's now a senior, Sarah Anderson, who just had, you know, incredible court sense. And um, I know, remember their coach, Heidi Stoddard last year, raving about some of the balls she was able to get to. So they do have two, you know, key returners coming back from that state championship team. And um, though they, you know, can be a little up and down, I think that's not a, a huge concern. 
Yeah. So, uh, and, and I think Murtaugh in the opening round, that's, that's a good matchup for grace. You know, Mur- Murtaugh is good, but I'm not sure how great their district was this year. Yeah. They they are on the same side of the bracket as second seeded potlatch and seventh seeded Greenleaf friends Academy. I think a lot of people think that the, the matchup is going to be Troy, the number one seed versus potlatch, the number two seed. They both come from the same district, but it wouldn't surprise me to see Troy versus grace either. Really? I, I think you're right. I think grace really does have the pieces to, to make a run. Yeah. So let's uh, wrap up with the one, a D two bracket where uh, representing district five as the number four seed, despite taking second place at districts, I think that speaks to the strength of the league, the Rockland Bulldogs. Uh, They are the number five seed. They will play fifth seeded Kendrick in the opening round. Kendrick is a district champion. Rockland, as we said, was a runner up. Uh, They lost to Mackey in the district championship this past Saturday. Mackey is the three seed. So this was a fun league to watch all year, Jordan. I don't know how closely you followed it, but between North gem and Rockland and Mackey and Grace Lutheran yeah. and and Ledor. I mean, they were there was like five teams, legitimate teams that were all kind of beating up on each other that all could have won this thing. So yep. Rockland is battle tested. No, and I think a lot of people thought that uh North Gem had a real good shot of getting in there and Rockland kind of you know meandered their way through the bracket and was able to get to that championship match that at least ensures that you're in state title. And you know, I think they've got Rockland's just such a fun team for both, you know, girls basketball and volleyball because they just have some unreal athletes. I mean, one of the best girls basketball players in the area was that Kearsley Boyer, just this, you know, big, tall girl who was just a monster basketball sharpshooter who could also play inside. And then on this, you know, volleyball team, she's just a fantastic outside hitter. I mean, super athletic, understands how to move her feet extremely well. You know, she's got great pose moves for basketball and can get you know, pretty close to the net and just slams the balls down. So, I mean, they're going to have, you know, sometimes the best player on the court and that always helps. Yeah. Kearsley Boyer. I, I talked about it last year because I, I did the, the one AD two girls state tournament. And so I got to see Rockland. Uh, she reminds me of like Kevin Durant a little bit in terms <laughs> of her, her body type, right? Cause she's kind of tall and skinny and, and um, she's very versatile can play inside or out. So I made the Kevin Durant comp and uh I like it. Yeah. So yeah, Rockland, I think is in a good position. Yeah. They, they lost to North gem in, in the semifinals at districts um, and had to battle their way back through the consolation side. And they played North gem again on Saturday. And that, that was the the match that basically decided, you know, who's going to go to state and, and who isn't. And then, yeah. um, and then they got to, to square off there. So yeah, Rockland finishes second to Mackey, but I think they're set up pretty well as we uh, look at this bracket again. Um, I could easily see Rockland advancing to the semifinals. Horseshoe Bend is really good. They're the number one seed overall. That would that would be tough for Rockland, but you know, it, it remains to be seen. But I, I think the, the Bulldogs have a chance. Yep. So all right, let's move on to football now where uh, we it's set. I don't have to crunch the numbers anymore. I don't have to do any more bracketology. Uh, it's freed up a lot of time on my calendar. I'm very grateful for that. <laughs> the crazy thing is like no one knew what the heck to do with some of these brackets. Like even coaches and athletic directors were like calling each other, trying to figure it out. So, you know, I know this is the first year that, you know, going by max prep solely sometimes, but man, hopefully in the, the coming years, it will be a little easier on, you know, schools and media and fans and parents to understand, you know, what the heck is actually going on. 
Yeah, it was it was a wild ride, that's for sure. Let's start with the 5A bracket up top. And again, uh, we've got all of these for you uh, on the video version of IdahoSports.com's uh, prepcasts on the Facebook page and the YouTube channel. So Highland, uh, and, and I'll make the screen a little bit bigger so we can see this a little better. Um, and you should do the same if you're watching the video. Make the screen full screen so you can see the, the bracket. Uh, Highland uh, gets in as the number two seed. So what happened was Highland... Um, defeated idaho falls basically knocking the tigers out that was the game was that the game you were at jordan yeah i went to both the highland um and uh pocatello game okay so it was pretty impressive to see highland kind of put away idaho falls and kind of put them out of it right yeah no that was uh one of those games that highland probably could have won by 50 and you know started playing some younger kids late in the, the second half and the score wasn't as you know indicative even though they won by what a couple scores yeah, that's right. I remember uh, reading a recap. Uh, Highland kind of went for the home run ball like right away, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it was kind of a message like, you know, after a lose under Rigby, being like, yeah, we're still really good. And, you know, I mean, once you get a good coverage, Jack Whitmer can throw the ball pretty, pretty dang far. And so they found the right thing. Ramon or Raymond Barella, you know, goes for over 50 yards and then, you know, Highland scores and then scores again and again and again. And yeah, it was over. Over by halftime. Yeah, for sure. So the crazy thing that happened was Madison knocked off Rigby, which yeah. created this crazy three-way tie for first place. How are we going to settle it? Well, it comes down to a points differential type system, and it kind of shook out the way it probably should have. Rigby one, Highland two, Madison three. So because of that, the Rams get a home playoff game. They, they were possibly facing the prospect of going on the road, but – they will host the number six team from the Boise Valley, Skyview. Yeah, I think I think this is a good matchup for Highland, personally. I, I do too. I, I wouldn't uh, can't imagine Skyview can pull the upset, especially with Highland playing at Holt Arena. Um, the one interesting thing, as I looked at this bracket, is like this is the revenge tour for Highland. You beat Skyview, all of a sudden your second round matchup is against a Rocky Mountain team who the Rams probably should have beat in week zero. Um, their offense still hadn't quite clicked, but even without that, they were on like the six yard line with 20, 30 seconds left. Looked like they were going to throw it to the end zone for a game winning touchdown with like no time left. They end up just, you know, barely losing to Rocky mountain. And then, you know, I think if you look across the bracket, if Highland makes it, um, mountain View's a really good team in it, but you know, there's a chance that Highland again plays Rigby in that championship. And it was just kind of fun stuff looking at that, that bracket, the way it works out is like, wow, this could be, you know, Highland could play the two teams they lost to earlier in the year, but uh, we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah. This is, this is reminding me of Highland's run uh, two years ago, two or yeah. yeah, two years ago, because Mason Fulmer was a freshman. Yes. And uh, that was a, a season where Highland had to go on the road for the quarterfinals. They had to go play Bora that year. Bora was one of the favorites uh, they had Austin Bolt, the Gatorade Player of the Year, who's now at Boise State. They had to travel over to Boise to play that game. They got the road win, and then they had to turn around and travel to Coeur d'Alene in the semifinals and, and lost a game where it came down to the, like the final possession, and they could they could have won the game but dropped a pass in the end zone. And yeah. So anyways, um, that's kind of reminding me of what this is. They go to Rocky Mountain. I, I honestly don't think Rocky is that good. They really haven't. They're, they're, I mean, they're good, right? They went seven and two or whatever, sure. but 
they just they aren't blowing people out. They're not putting teams away. It's every game's kind of close. I, yeah. I like I like Highland's chances there, and then and then a trip to Coeur d'Alene where they've had a tough time over the years. You know, sure. uh, that's a good home field advantage up north, but that would be a, a big opportunity for Highland. So it's uh, definitely the easier side of the bracket. I think people could argue that uh, Mountain View and Rigby are the top two teams in the state, and the fact that you wouldn't have to play either of those until the championship if you're Highland is kind of just like, wow, you know, if, if there's a run to get a trophy, I mean, Highland is in the perfect spot to do it. I agree. The bracket sets up very nicely for the Rams. Uh, let's talk about the 4A bracket because uh, t- speaking of brackets, setting up nicely for people. I mean, when you look at the Pocatello Thunder, they didn't get the number one seed like we thought, right? Sandpoint sure. leapfrogged them at the very end, but there they are way down in the bottom here. The number two seed overall, they will play the 15 seed Bonneville. That'll be a game Friday night inside Holt Arena at 815. I should mention the Highland game is going to be Friday night at 530. Yeah. And that'll be the first game of the doubleheader. So it's a Highland pokey doubleheader inside Holt Arena Friday night. Um, but we talked about it. The Thunder have a chance to host through the championship round. Yeah, and that's, I mean, it's really not a huge deal if you're the one or two seed because you're going to get home field advantage regardless. And then in the championship, it doesn't even matter because those are already kind of preset based upon where those two schools are playing. So, yeah, I mean, this sets up perfectly for Pocatello. And, you know, it's not even one of those crazy things either just because the rankings are, are so wonky. It's not like the one or two seed gets a significantly easier path. Um, it is kind of crazy, though, that Pocatello gets to start off against a Bonneville team that's won, what, two games? Well, and Bonneville got the final at-large spot into the playoffs yeah. with two wins. Now, here is where Century fans maybe have a bone to pick, right? Sure. Century also won two games this year, correct? Yes. And one of those wins was over Bonneville. Yeah. So how does Bonneville get in ahead of Century? This is where I don't understand some of these max prep rankings. Um, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, and then why is Mountain Home? Is that just because they have an automatic qualifier auto. from their yep. division? Okay. Yep, auto bid. So they're very, seed. very weird. Um, I think a lot of people thought that the way these brackets were going to be is just we're going to look at the max prep rankings and max prep one versus 16 and two, 15 and so on and so forth. And then you look at the bracket, and it was like completely different. So there were some people being like, what the heck are we even using the max preps for? How is this being decided? I mean, the whole thing kind of didn't make much sense at all. Yeah, the way the 4A bracket works is the top five seeds automatically go to the five district champions. I know there were some people asking, why is Blackfoot the five seed? Well, because they won their district. So uh, and then and then six through 16 are then seated based upon your max preps ranking. So, OK, that's how that works. Yep, the, the five district champs get the top five spots automatically. So, yeah, Pocatello sets up really nicely with Bonneville. That's a game they should win easily. Just it's fun to think about if Century had gotten that last spot, they would have yeah, played the same I mean, opponent two weeks in a row. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know if it's a huge deal, but I think if you're Logan Horrocks at Century, maybe it's like, um, hey, we get another week of practice, you know our team gets to actually feel, you know, a playoff environment and things like that. And perhaps that's a good thing if you're building a program to get in, but um, you know, I don't think they were expecting and, or Bonneville is going to, you know, run through the bracket or anything like that. 
Yeah. Uh, 4A we've talked about has been kind of unpredictable this year, right? Everybody yeah. just beats up on everybody. Right. I will say that I like Pocatello's side of the bracket a lot more sure. than standpoints as the number one seed. You, the other, oh, go ahead. The other one I thought was interesting is uh, if you're Preston, I mean, what a great, you know, first round matchup uh, as a 10 seed. I don't think there's a lot of people real, um, you know, worried about Shelly right now. They've kind of been on a down, down spiral. Preston's already seen Shelly. They lost by like one touchdown. It's not like the Russ has blew them out or anything. I mean, I just thought that was a great first round draw. The only problem is if you win that game, then you got to travel to Sandpoint the next week, which isn't the best. But um, first round, that goes, you know, I thought the Indians had a real good, good draw. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And as we, uh, I was going to jump to the top half of the bracket here. Yeah, Preston, the number nine seed, playing number eight, Shelley. I agree. I think I think this is a game that's ripe for for Preston to win. Shelley, you know, came within an eyelash of of winning the conference. Uh, they yeah. lost they lost to Skyline on a two point conversion play. They lost fourteen to twelve this past Friday, and because of that, Blackfoot wins the league title. But if they if they had if Shelley had won that game, then Shelley would have won the conference. And so it's it's crazy how that can turn on such a dime. But yeah. Yeah. This this four A bracket I think sets up really nicely for Pocatello to make a deep run and for Preston, you know, I don't know, go up to Sandpoint and let's see what happens. But exactly. Yeah, yeah no doubt. The three A bracket we're gonna pull up now. There's not a ton to talk about here because a lot of it has to be filled in still. So when you go to IdahoSports.com and you look at the brackets. You're going to see a bunch of teams missing that have already clinched, right? Like, where's Marsh Valley? Right? That's, I looked at it like for 10 minutes and could not figure out, like, <laughs> what is happening? And then I realized there was not enough spots for teams. I was like, okay, they've just got to be one of those. Um, but where do you know what seed Marsh Valley is? Are they three, four, five? So it all, it all kind of depends on who wins um, in the in the opening round. So the way three, a works is the five district champions automatically get buys into the quarterfinals. And then the remaining six teams have these play in games, essentially the first round of the playoffs. Once the, the three games here, we've got uh, what Buell against uh, Weezer Kellogg and South Fremont and McCall Donnelly against snake river. Once those three games are played, they will reseed everybody one through eight. So, it all just depends on who advances out of that opening round. Marsh Valley right now has the fifth best max preps ranking, which would put them at the number five seed. Now, if Weezer loses, Weezer's playing in the first round. If Weezer loses, then Marsh Valley would slide up to number four. But there's just no way to put them on the bracket without knowing Got some it. of those results. Gotcha. So, okay, that makes makes more sense. That's why that's a little confusing, and you'll see it in the two A bracket as well when we when we pull that one up because they yeah. do the same thing. So let's talk about the matchup of Snake River hosting McCall Donnelly. McCall is a team that um, had to win a Kansas City tiebreaker Monday night uh, to get in. They defeated. It was really weird. They were supposed to have a three way tie with with Fruitland and uh, Payette, and McCall Donnelly beat Payette on Friday. And we're getting ready for this Kansas City playoff. Well, Fruitland, they're having some off the field stuff around their program. I don't know if you've seen this or not, Jordan, but there yeah. was a hate the hazing incident with some of their players. So Fruitland forfeited their spot in the tiebreaker 
McCall Donnelly said, okay, well, we beat Payette on Friday. We're good, right? And then they're like, no, you still got to show up and do the tiebreaker. And they're like, well, we just beat these guys. So anyways, they beat him again in the tiebreaker, and they, they got into the playoffs. DJ Green, who we both saw last year at the no. state basketball tournament, is an outstanding running back for McCall Donnelly. Um, but what do you think of this matchup for Snake River? I mean, I don't know a ton about McCall Donnelly. What I will say is I think Snake River has shown the last couple of weeks how good of a team they are. They go and beat American Falls, I think it was two weeks ago, just handily. And then last week, I thought they had just an incredible um, game against a Preston team that's much bigger, much more physical, has much more depth, and plays in a higher classification. I mean, not a lot of people thought that the Panthers could win that game, let alone keep it within three points. Heck, you go look at Pocatello, the number two team in 4A, they only beat Preston by three points. So, I mean, that's you know how close some of these things are. And I think the Panthers right now are, you know, peaking at right the right time. You even look at that Mark Valley game that they lost. It's not like they lost because they got, you know, real outplayed or anything. They lost because they fumbled like five times. Most of them like on the first play of a drive. I, you know, I think Snake River is a lot better than, you know, their record indicates this season. And if they can get past McCall Donnelly, you reseed all these teams and they've got a shot to, you know, at least make a run. Yep, I, I I agree, and that game will be uh, at Snake River High Saturday at two p.m. So a Saturday afternoon game. We will have that game on IdahoSports.com. I should mention we have a lot of these games. So the easiest way to know which playoff games we're we're broadcasting this week, either video or audio, is to just go to IdahoSports.com and click on the game streams tab on the homepage, and that'll show you all of the games that we are broadcasting statewide. It's not all the games, but it's like 75% we're able to cover this week, which is pretty good. So um, so Snake River plays there. They are ranked sixth in the Max Preps rankings. We talked about Marsh Valley is ranked fifth. Mm-hmm. So if Weezer were to lose and Snake River won, you would have Snake River, Marsh Valley. I think the Panthers would be fine with that. I actually think both teams <laughs> would be like, okay, let's, you know, let's do it again. Uh, pretty competitive teams that I think, you know, you play 10 times, both might win five. Uh, the biggest thing in that is, you know, staying away from those top two teams. If you can do that as long as possible, you know, that's a pretty good thing. I think most of the others in 3A are pretty beatable, but, you, you know, you don't want to play Gooding or uh, was it Homedale? Homedale. And I would I would throw Weezer in there as well. Weezer yeah. only lost to Homedale, you know, 14 to six or whatever yeah. it was. So. Gotcha. There's a big three for sure. So, yeah. Um, let's and, and if Snake River and Weezer were to both win, that's who Snake River would have to play is Weezer. So, gotcha. Okay. Yep. That's the three A bracket. Here's the the two A bracket. West side, the number one overall seed. We do know that. We can tell you that. Uh, and otherwise, District Five, we thought was going to get three teams in. Then it's exactly what happened, right? Uh, Bear Lake gets in as the number seven seed in this opening round of action. They will uh, host Coal Valley Christian. Saturday afternoon in Bear Lake at one o'clock. And then uh, Aberdeen got in as the last team as the number 11 seed. They will take on Firth Thursday night inside Holt Arena at 6 p.m. Uh, that game will be on IdahoSports.com. Uh, let's start with Aberdeen. That That is a tough draw right out of the gates. Horror. I mean, there's <laughs> not much, you know, that's just called bad luck. That is rough because first for the entire year, was slotted into that number two spot. Not that, you know, North Fremont would be any easier, but man, just playing that first team is tough. I guess if you're Aberdeen, you've got to think, okay, we've got, you know, two of the better athletes in 2A and Brody Beck and Kale Adamson. 
We're going up against a first team that just came off a loss. You know, perhaps that, you know, that puts them a little down. You know, they were expecting to have a bye. They, now they have to play. Perhaps they're a little down. Um, maybe you can shock them a little bit, but not uh, talent-wise. Firth has just been fantastic all year. And it, you know, two teams that they've lost to are the one, two teams with the bye. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's tough for Aberdeen. But, you know, maybe, maybe first trending down. I don't know. Uh, no, I, I, yeah. Firth, barely, Firth barely lost yeah, enough game on. Yeah. And, yeah. But do, do we know what's the status of Brody Beck? He, he missed some not, time. Is he? I have not heard yet. No, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, yeah, it's. I think it's pretty impossible for them to win if, if he's not playing. Yeah, they're. T- I mean, they're a totally different team stylistically when he's not oh, in there because yeah. he brings such a running element to that quarterback position. So uh, I also think Bear Lake has a very tough matchup with Cole Valley Christian right away. You can look at, uh, yeah, it's a seven versus a 10, but yeah. Cole Valley is good. You know, they hung, they hung tough with Nampa Christian in their regular season finale. We yep. saw them uh, come play Westside earlier this year. They've got a great quarterback in Carter Fortin. Um, for Bear Lake, again, they're kind of a team that's very quietly gone about their business this year without much acclaim. What, what yeah. do you think of this matchup? Uh, I, I think it's, I mean, I think it's a winnable game for Bear Lake, but not exactly what you want in the first round. Uh, the Bears, realistically are one of those teams that their record does not indicate how good they are given that the three teams they lost to are you know Firth who was you know number two most of the year Westside who was number one all year and a Jackson Hole Wyoming team that's like a basically a 4A school so I mean those are your three losses if you're Bear Lake and you've got to be thinking hey we've got just as much talent as most of these teams in 2A you know we have a real good shot to make a run thing is you're like you're saying you know Cole Valley was you know arguably like a top five team all year, you know, that Nampa Christian loss. I mean, Nampa Christian, it was, has just been fantastic most of the season. So, you know, not the easiest matchup for Bear Lake. I guess the, you know, one of the good things is I think it's at Bear Lake, right? Yes. That, that helps. So, you know, I think for them, you've got some, you know, positive going into the playoffs. Yeah. This is where for Cole Valley Christian, that trip to West side actually helps because Bear Lake isn't that much further than West side. I mean, it is a little further, but yeah. Um, yeah. And then of course, West side will just be chilling, chilling in the, in the buy and waiting for whoever it honestly, West side is going to play whoever wins district one and two up North. It's going to be just like last year. There's only one regular season game happening this Friday night and it's up North Grangeville is playing St. Mary's and the winner of that game will win that district. Since the district champions automatically get buys, they were able to play play this regular season game this week while the playoffs are happening simultaneously. What? And whoever wins that will be the eighth seed and will have to go to West Side. So, huh? Never heard of that. That's well, and they they only did it because of COVID problems. St. Mary's had some COVID yeah. problems. They had to move the schedule around a little bit. Okay. It happened last year as well. And, and Grangeville won that game last year. And then the next week had to go to West side for the quarterfinals, but gotcha. yeah. Yep. Okay. So that, that's, what's happening there. West side is going to play either Grangeville or, or St. Mary's Gotcha. eight man ranks. Uh, let's look at the one, a D one bracket super quick. Um, when we look at this, we see that uh, grace got in as an at large. We weren't yeah. too surprised about that. They will play uh, potlatch. Now, the way 1AD1 works, Jordan, is that if in this opening round, if teams are more than a district away, they yeah. have to try and meet in the middle at a neutral site. So they're going to meet at New Plymouth yeah. at 2 p.m. Friday. 
Um, th this is an interesting game for Grace uh, against Potlatch, a team that finished fourth up north in the White Pine League. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I didn't know Potlatch was a school until about two days ago. <laughs> I thought I was like, who, what? So <laughs> I, I can tell you absolutely nothing about Potlatch, but this Grace team has, you know, battled all season long. A lot of their closes have been, or losses have been pretty close. They fell to, you know, Northam early. Like, uh, I think they fell like Oakley, who's, you know, one of the best teams in the entire classification. And then, you know, last week had a real tough loss to Butte County, um, you know, who won their district or won district five, six, I think it is. Yes. So, you know, they're not, you know, heading into the playoffs on a super high note, but I think grace is a team that's good enough to win a couple of games in state if they get the right draw. But the thing about, you know, one AD one is man, those like top four teams are just so good. And there's like one or two losses combined between all of them. So it's just one of those things where it's so top heavy that the biggest thing about being in this bracket is like avoiding just the crazy good teams. And I don't know if you can do that for <laughs> more than like two games or something. Yeah. Eventually you're going to run into one of them, right? Exactly. Exactly. And so you got to just think that you've got enough talent to pull the upset. And I, I think Grace does, you know, on, you know, their best night could beat some of these teams, but it would take everything going perfect. And, you know, that's always a, not the best way to go into a game. Right. Yeah. We talk about the big four in one AD one, right? It's Raft River, Oakley, Prairie and Butte County. Those are kind of the big four. Yeah. Grace this year, you mentioned the loss to North Gem, which is a really good 1A D2 team. We'll get to them in just a second. Uh, th that was the loss at the beginning of the year. Their other three losses came to Raft River, Oakley, and Butte County, three of the big four. Yeah. So exactly. I mean, at least there's that. You know, you've seen these teams and the talent they have and perhaps what it's going to take to beat them. Yep. So we'll keep an eye on how Grace does this Friday in New Plymouth at 2 p.m. against Potlatch, which is definitely a place that exists, Jordan. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. I have no idea where it is. I'll go look it up on a map soon. Yeah, it's it's uh, up, up in District 2 uh, in that White Pine League. So um, th this is why it's fun to have these regional uh, breakdowns because, uh, you know, sometimes it's hard to know what's going on everywhere else. Yeah, so, yep. for sure. All right. 1A D2 bracket. North Gem uh, won the Rocky Mountain Conference over Rockland, a game that was, you know, I, I thought it would be closer, but North Gem really showed that they are the best team. Um, and because of that, they will get the worst team in the field. Yes. Camas County, the Mushers, who won two games coming into last Friday, they had won one game. No disrespect against Camas County, but there's like, there's teams this is all predetermined bracketing there's no at larges there's no max preps anything like that it's all here's the seeds here's where you're going to play there's there's better teams in camas county that could have been in the playoffs this year sure uh i think north gem probably would have loved to have a buy but if you're not going to get one i think camas county is the uh is as close as you're going to get yeah they they play on thursday mm -hmm. at 2 p.m yeah. in bancroft and I, I look at this sure. bracket and it sets up pretty well for North Gem, I think. If they win that first game, which they probably will, then they're traveling to either Dietrich or Council, which again doesn't make a lot of sense to me. They're a district champion and they're having to travel to a second or third place team from another district. But that's a winnable game to me for North yeah. Gem. Yeah. And then you're talking about avoiding all all the really good team, you know, Kendrick, Horseshoe Bend, Castle Ford, yeah, Carrie. 
they're they're all on the other side of the bracket except Kerry. So you're talking about North Jam maybe playing Kerry in the semifinals and and uh-huh. being a good game away from a champ. I really like the way the bracket's set up for North Jam. Also, are they just isn't the school going on at Thursday at two p.m.? Like, are they just going to be playing a playoff game like as school's going on? I don't know. That's just that's wild to me. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, because. Maybe they'll let the students out to watch. I don't know. Probably because- the whole community is going to just get off work. Probably that's you know how things work in Bancroft. It's so cool, like how everyone comes together. But right, uh, yeah, huh? I was just, I was just curious. Yeah, they've got more talent than most teams in one AD too. And like you're saying, just avoid some of those you know big hitters in the first couple of rounds. And you know, once you get to the semis, I think um, you know you're going to have to play a really good team to advance. And if you don't have to you know, really have a tight one or play one of the carries or the Castlefords or um, Horseshoe Bend until then, man, you got to be feeling pretty good about your chances. Yeah. This is a bracket. That's definitely interesting uh, in terms of the unbalance of it, which sets up better for some teams than others. And North Jim's in a good spot way back in August on the Idaho eight man prep cast. That's our prep cast. That's dedicated strictly to eight man football. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did pick North gym to win the one AD two state championship. So really? we'll see, yes, we will. So we will see uh, how that prediction plays out. I'm a man of my word though. And I'm sticking with North gym. Wow. They're all. So we'll see the other uh, matchup is Rockland. They are playing on Thursday uh, as well at, at three 30. So maybe yeah. school will be out by then for Rockland. They, they are going to host garden Valley, the third place team from district three. I think this is a good matchup for Rockland. I do too. Um, I think it was that game against North gem was pretty uncharacteristic for Rockland. I mean, last season, uh, the Bulldogs kept it extremely close with the Cowboys, you know, right up until the end. And, um, you got to give North Gems defense a ton of credit, uh, like Jared Bruinslebacher for you know stopping a Rockland offense that has Gavin Perman at quarterback and Teague and West Matthews at receiver. I mean, that's the thing with this Rockland team; they're going to go into every game knowing that they have a better passing offense than whoever their opponent is. Doesn't matter. And so, you know, when you have offenses like that that are so you know pass heavy, it, it can trip up some of these one A D two schools that don't have to go up against, you know, aren't practicing pass defense very often. And you've got a guy like 6'4", Teague Matthews, like who can replicate that in practice? Like no one. So, you know, I think Rockland kind of plays this style that could win at games that, you know, maybe it's not supposed to win. But then also, you know, that passing offense not working. Sometimes the scores are going to look like what they did at Norcham. So Rockland's just kind of this big wild card um, that I think, you know, could either – just go out first round or, you know, somehow, you know, pull an upset and make it to the semis and just kind of a real intriguing little team there. Uh, um, kind of by American falls. Yep. And, uh, Rockland of course has great tradition in boys basketball and girls basketball and volleyball as we were talking about. So Tons yeah. of athletes over there. Yes. The community of Rockland is going to be fired up for that game uh, for sure. Uh, so, so a little Thursday action for both Rockland and North gem. That's uh, that's nice to see. And uh, as we get further along those games, those Thursday games won't happen as much because there'll be fewer teams and yeah. all that good stuff. So, yeah. all right, that's kind of a breakdown of the the football. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun to come back next week and break down the results and who won and who lost and what happened. And, yeah. and maybe talking about some, some state volleyball stuff as well. It's going to be yep. a lot of fun jordan i'm excited yeah what what do you got going on at the idaho state journal i think we're gonna be at the uh at holt arena 
um, just so we can, you know, hit two games and watch Highland play, watch Pocatello play on Friday. And then Saturday, um, Idaho State plays Weber State at Holt Arena. And then I'll probably, I think uh, the basketball team plays their first game over at Reed at like 6 p.m. So, you know, a lot of Idaho State on Saturday, a lot of high school on Friday. And then I'll, you know, might have a stream of the Idaho sports going on my laptop to uh, catch some of the Thursday and Saturday games and, and catch, check in on everything. There you go. Uh, that must be an exhibition matchup for the, for the ISU men. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, it's a busy time of year. You're you're pretty much going to be living uh, on the campus of ISU. It sounds like good thing. I only live like uh, a quarter mile away. So we're good. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's uh, that's a nice deal. That's a good yes. gig. So, all right, that'll do it for this edition of the Southeast Idaho prep cast brought to you by Pure Adrenaline Motorsports, your source for pulse pounding adrenaline sports apparel and accessories that ensure you have what you need to unleash your inner beast. For Jordan K., I'm Brandon Bainey. We'll see you next time on IdahoSports.com.